following podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack and Raw podcast episode 111. I am your host, the warden, Matt Ritter. I am here, as always, with my lovely co-host, Sir Cusselot Travis Pointer, a.k.a. the Dragon King, a.k.a. Big T, a.k.a. Sweet T, a.k.a. T-Money, a.k.a. Black Merlin, a.k.a. the HNIC. A.k.a. King Dingaling. Yeah, no, we're not adding that one. Sorry. I don't expect you to. I just wanted to say it this okay. time. Uh... So, uh, did you get your, I, I see you got your internet bill paid. Yeah, man. No thanks to y'all. Yeah. Um, nah, so we're real. back. Spectrum was just fucking up. We're back. We're recording. Uh, we got this episode. I did a short little live video after Clash of Champions. We didn't get to talk about Clash of Champions. You have some thoughts on Clash of Champions, Travis. What are your thoughts from Clash of Champions? I um how do I put this? There were parts that I thoroughly enjoyed. Okay. Sasha and Becky was fucking dope. It was, especially that part where uh Becky properly um put condiments or condiments on a hot dog. Yes, yes, I saw that comment. That was funny. Um Trying to forget what I was going to say about it. What matches happened on the pay per view? Just, just run me through them. I can tell you. Uh, Seth versus Braun. You had Seth match, and yeah. Braun versus okay. Dolph. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seth versus Braun match. My thoughts were actually in response to you, sir. Because oh, you seemed upset at the fact that Braun took multiple stops in this match. Is yeah. that a correct assessment? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not upset that, how do I put this? The way they portrayed Braun Strowman, it was cool to see him like kick out at one and then kick out at two and then kick out at two and a half. But I feel like he wouldn't just keep getting up and getting stomped. He would have got up and grabbed Seth and done something. And he just kept sitting there waiting for the next finisher. And that bothered me. Well, that's kind of how most finishes happen, though. They sit there and wait for them. That's just wrestling, bro. But anyway, because my thing is when Seth... Actually, hmm? I'll go ahead and finish. When Seth beat Brock, you know, it took three stops. However, for Seth to beat Braun, he needed four stomps and a pedigree. Now, if that doesn't tell you how much of a fucking beast Braun Strowman is... Monster. Come on now, dude. Like <laughs> it'd be different if he like, you know, just finally got a stomp in and then he beat him. No, he had to stomp him four times and give him a pedigree in order to beat him. It's just the amount of effort and setup it takes for four curb stomps. Seemed a little excessive. I just well, I wanted him I think it's because Braun like started to get up too quickly. If he got up more slowly and he caught the stomp every time, like more like him trying to stand up, like in the midst of him trying to stand up, he took the stomp. It would have worked a little bit better. It's just the way I can see what you mean by the way he like seemed like he was sitting there waiting for it every time. So more of a timing thing, I think, is the issue there. And I at by the end of the show, I didn't even care because. Uh, 
I saw the little logo at the bottom, and I was like, really? Nothing's going to happen after this match? And then the lights go off, and The Fiend shows up, and... Uh, and all is well. And he did, with... After his sister, Abigail. It was beautiful. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Charlotte versus Bailey. Braun and Seth versus Rudolph. The Charlotte versus Bailey match. Fun also. Mostly because, you know, I enjoy Bailey still somehow feeling like she's a looks like she still thinks she's a baby face, but act but you know, really being a heel. I enjoy that, you know. Okay. Um, the her exposing the bottom turnbuckle, beating Charlotte that way. I see it. I feel it. Cool. But the fact that she just wasn't around for the Sasha Becky match bothered me. Especially at the end when it was a brawl and the match got thrown out. And that bothered me. The ref getting hit with the chair and then someone randomly just ending the match yeah, the and match calling for it. Nobody ever made that announcement. It was just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can just do whatever they want now. Yeah, no. Um, trying to think. What else was it? What else did I want to talk about? The New Day losing their tag team titles. I expected that. Um, uh, the Revival trying to get ex- your boy Xavier Woods naked on TV by ripping his tights off. Yeah, that was weird. Like, you took the knee brace off, okay, but what is pulling the tights off the knee do? I don't understand. I was trying to figure that out, too. Like, yeah. And then I looked, and I, I saw, like, the other knee looks like it does have a knee pad in it, so maybe they were trying to get to the knee pad. Looks like he has knee pads in his tights. I don't know. It was weird. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, let me think. The Kofi-Randy Orton match. My issue is actually with the match. It's with that North Carolina racist-ass crowd. Go ahead. Because when I'm watching this match, you know, everywhere else they go, the people love Kofi. But for some reason, in North Carolina, I heard booze. And I can't help but think it's that North Carolina bullshit. And you know exactly what North Carolina bullshit I'm talking about. Have you ever been to North Carolina? No. Okay, it's some different shit. Just just want to throw that out there. I've been there. Okay. It's some different shit. Um, you know, it's not as bad as like Alabama, but it's some different shit. <clears throat> I, I I don't know about uh, whether or not uh, there's some racist North Carolina bullshit. I do know that uh, unless you've got anything else from this pay-per-view to talk about, like Shinsuke and The Miz or AJ and uh, Cedric Alexander. Or, that was the first of three times I saw a black dude get beat down by a bunch of white dudes. Happened three times this week. Okay. That's all. Well, maybe these bla- maybe these black dudes need more friends. You might be right. <laughs> it's hard to get beat down. It's hard to get beat down three on one with your friends. <laughs> yeah, we're cool. You just, say, was- you just say we're not a we're just not we're not a gang. We're a club. That's what the white guys do. That only works for white people. Oh, okay. Um, 
we get arrested Rudolph, for illegal assembly. Rudolph winning the tag team titles. I expected that too. Luke Harper showing back up, helping out Rowan beat Roman Reigns. I didn't expect that, but I wasn't surprised by that. All right. I think that's about the whole show. So yeah. you have nothing else? Yeah. Yeah, only one title changed hand that night. That was weird too. Yeah, right. For every title being on the line, only the tag well no two, both tag team titles. Oh, you're right. Yep. I keep forgetting that like the raw tag title match was actually a title. You know what I mean? It's like it was like yeah. the titles themselves just really didn't seem to matter. It was just the fact that they were facing each other later, you know? Maybe it's because there wasn't a real tag team in the fucking match. Yeah, that might be it. If they start calling say- Rudolph, they'll be a real tag team, though. It is a big deal that Bobby Roode pinned Seth Rollins with his finish cleanly in that match. Mm, I guess. He pinned the Universal Champion with his finish. I guess I don't I don't expect them to do anything with it though. Yeah, I understand that, but I mean it's it's a big deal. Um I've only got two things for news since we've got a longer show today, including that Clash of Champions rundown. Seth Rollins discovered that he had siblings that he didn't know about, a brother and a sister, after doing uh one of those like uh ancestor or twenty one and me um DNA tests. When you first started that sentence and the word you started to say started with an S. I thought you were going to say he discovered he has syphilis. I don't know why, but that's what I thought you were going to say for that split second before you said siblings. But go ahead. Uh, Yeah, his real name is Colby Lopez, and Colby Lopez has a teenage brother and sister, almost like in their 20s, that he didn't know he had this entire time. Brother and sister in their 20s. No, almost in their 20s. Almost. Oh. In their twenties, um, they're older teens. It looked like well, they'd only show the brother. He looked older, but I'm assuming they're around the same age. Uh, and then, as far as injuries go, Carmella seems to have been cleared. Uh, Samoa Joe, Oni Lorkin, yeah, who hurt. also he was hurt. Yeah, that's why she was off. Remember, we talked last week about how she had that health scare, and oh. she went and reevaluated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, she was on the short list, but it looks like she's been cleared. We'll talk about that later. Samoa Joe has a undisclosed injury. Oni Lorkin, Jack Gallagher, and Elias might have a broken ankle. Hmm. Okay. Well, Travis, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start just Raw, SmackDown, and then NXT, or you want to start with NXT? Um... Let's start with NXT. All right. We will start with NXT. And let's get ready to rumble. See what you've done now? You told me to go get a soundboard on my phone, and now I went and got one, and now you're fucked. <laughs> uh, NXT debuted on USA last night, and... First off, overall, being not necessarily the only experience you've had with NXT, but probably the first full NXT show you've watched, what were your thoughts? Well, as you said, it was the first time I watched a full NXT show. I enjoyed it. However, I'm sure this was also the first time that a lot of people watched a full NXT show. Mm -hmm. Or any NXT to be like at all. 
That being said, during these matches, a lot of the false finishes didn't really hit right because you made it like, you know, it's that problem of people kicking out of finishers, you know? We don't know that's the finisher, so, like, we didn't know that was supposed to end the match anyway, you know, until they hit it right. again. And then they get the pin and win, like, oh, that means that move they hit the same move they hit earlier. We were supposed to think they might win the match then, but we didn't because we don't know these people, you know? You don't know their signatures. You don't know their finishers. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, Triple H opens the show, and it looks like this backstage recorded thing, but it turns out he's literally just standing in the dark with a spotlight on his face before he walks out of the curtain. It was really cool opener. It was. I enjoyed it. I, I this is Triple H's baby. Um, then we kick it off, and I think what was the perfect way to kick it off, and that was with a fatal four-way women's match for the number one contendership for Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. You got Io Shirai, you got Candice LeRae, you got Mia Yimmy, you got Bianca Belair. These are the four top women outside of Shayna Baszler in NXT right now. And three of them have had a shot. Go ahead. What? Go ahead, finish. Three of them Three of them have had a shot against Shayna Baszler. One hasn't, and that's the one who won, Candice LeRae, also known as Mrs. Re- Mrs. Johnny Wrestling, Mrs. Gargano. Well, once again, as we said, basically my first real experience of NXT, because I've seen a couple matches that you've made me watch before. But um, when this kicked off, I started, you know, saw the competitors being introduced. I'm like, oh, that's, she's cool looking. Okay. I know Bianca Belair. I know of Mia Yim because her and Sheldon Benjamin go back and forth on Twitter all the time, and it's fucking hilarious. Um, so, I, but I've actually never seen a match of hers though until now. Um, Blazing Batty, yeah, head Batty in charge. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what was the um from the one they call like the genius of the sky or something like that? Eo uh, Shirai, or as the rack used to call her, E I E I O. You may remember that. I kind of do remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> so the three of them get introduced. And I'm like, oh, these are some pretty, you know, they were interesting to me, you know? And then this third blind, generic looking person comes out, and I'm just like, um, which of these is not like the other? Like, she literally was the least interesting one out of all the three of them. And then she won. I'm like, well, shit. Well, so, and I think they could have done a much better job being that it is the debut of NXT on USA, giving us a little backstory for the people who are just tuning in to find out who these people are, letting us know what's going on, you know, stuff like that. That is one criticism I do have of the show now looking back on it because I've been watching and if you had watched the last NXT TakeOver, you would have seen Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae and been impressed as fuck by Candice LeRae. So, that being said, not having seen that, I can see your perspective of, oh, you've got this Mia Yim chick, and she comes out, and she's got the handkerchief over her mouth, and she's moving like she's a thug, and then you've got Bianca Belair with the long hair and the whip, and Io Shirai, this dark, crazy Asian character, and then some white chick who just walked out and kind of ran to the ring and stood there and yeah. oh she won yeah yeah exactly like everyone's exactly to have something like about them. them 
and then her because you don't know she's Johnny Gargano's wife because they don't mention it. I don't you know. You don't know about Johnny her. Gargano. Like, I know of him, but I don't know who Johnny Gargano is. You know what I mean? And that's another issue is these are things that they need to address, especially on their first episode, introducing these people to the new crowd. Exactly. They did um, kind of, I may not have done a good enough job telling that at the beginning where it's just like, you know, I talked just about the finishers kind of thing, but it was the whole thing in general of them not properly introducing a new audience to what this is, you know? Yeah. Uh, then we had Cameron Grimes beat Sean Maluda. This isn't a big deal. Cameron Grimes is a guy from an NXT breakout tournament. Wait, 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 wait. This was what now? Cameron Grimes beat Sean Maluda. That was that really quick match with the dude with the long hair and the beard. Oh, the dude did the thing with the fingers? Yeah. Okay. No, that was Pete Dunne. No, that was Pete Dunne. That was a different That was on the second hour. Yeah. See, here's the thing. This is what I said, because I thought so. This is why I said that they did it weird. Because I watched it on Hulu first, right? Yeah. And so I watched everything through on Hulu. And I'm like, oh, that was a weird way to end this. Because that kind of seems the thing they would put at the very end. Turns out. That is what was at the very end. They kind of did like a Hulu cut on Hulu, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the very end was Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. That street fight that turned into the big brawl, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was on Hulu. That was very end. Uh, the USA Network cut ended with Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong for the North American title. Yeah, that was like in the middle of the Hulu version. Well, and... It technically should be in the middle of the Hulu version because it was the end of USA, which is the end of the first hour. However, that was, you know, you said the street fight happened on the network, though, right? Yeah. The Cruiserweight number one contender match also happened on the network, right? Yep. That was on Hulu. It all should have been on Hulu. That's what I'm saying. No, no. Only one hour of this was on Hulu. Oh, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, they did, like, a cut. Okay, so did you see? Okay. when I went to the network version, you know, they did a recap, you know, of the first hour, you know. But then yeah. I realized a lot of this stuff, like, that I'm watching on the network, was like, wait, I saw this on Hulu. So it was just, it was weird. Okay. So Cameron Grimes versus Shaw Maluda. Not good enough for Hulu. Yeah, and I don't think I ever saw that on the network either. So I don't, I don't know who this is or what happened here. But then everything else you would have seen because you did see Velveteen versus Roderick Strong for the uh, North American title. Correct. Roderick Strong wins with help from the Undisputed Era, making the only faction, and in Travis's opinion, a proper faction. You have the main eventer, NXT champion. You have the mid-carter and now North American champion. And you have the tag team champions, four-man faction, dripping in gold on I saw that and I was upset at first and then I got over it well they did they did make this prediction earlier on in the year that 2019 would be the year of the undisputed era this is the second time that a group of white guys gained up on a black guy go ahead <laughs> um then uh you said the guy with the fingers the guy with the fingers is Pete Dunn he was former NXT UK champion forever um, we actually watched a match of his against Tyler Bate for the NXT UK title from TakeOver Chicago. Uh, that's part of his style is doing the finger thing. He took on Arturo Ruas. That was dirty. Yeah. He took on Arturo Ruas, who's uh, kind of got like uh, 
little martial arts thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you got to see Imperium, uh, another faction from NXT UK. And that was the third time. <laughs> uh, yeah, they took out some dude that I don't even know who was supposed to take on Kushida. Yeah, Denzel Dejeuner or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They just found uh, a black dude to beat up because, you know, apparently that's just white guys in the WWE do now. Yeah. Yeah. Because black dudes aren't getting together and helping each other out. They're just sitting back and watching as all this white on black crime happens. And, you know, you'd think they team up, you know, maybe like form a nation of guys to, to dominate, you know, fight, to, to fight off this. Uh, oh, well, if, they, if they form a nation, they will dominate. That's the thing. Yeah. So, you know, um, they can so use Imperi- Ashley because, you know, he has a move called the Dominator. That would be like perfect, you know. Imperium takes out uh, Kushida's opponent. Kushida comes down. He's got this whole Marty McFly gimmick going on. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, why is he wearing Marty McFly shirts? Because that's his thick. But then, like, his bottoms didn't look like Marty McFly, though. He was still wearing, you know, it was like, it was weird to me. Because they can't match. I don't watch New Japan. I'm not very familiar with Kushida. I just understand that his gimmick is Back to the Future. Oh, he's I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how that translates to wrestling or how that works other than he likes Back to the Future and dresses like Marty McFly. It was kind of like how when um, Xavier Woods first came in, his whole gimmick was him just, you know, loving Power Rangers and him being trained, quote, you know, by the great Zach Taylor in hip hop. Okay. You know, <laughs> so weird shit happens, man. Uh, Kushida fights off three members of Imperium, gets grabbed by Walter, escapes Walter, and takes off. Crowd was really hot for Walter, and that yeah. was... I'm like, yeah, I don't get it, but all right, cool. Yeah, because you don't watch NXT UK. He's your NXT UK champion. It's just... He's got this... I know, I know it is. Trust me, I, I watch the majority of it, except for 205 Live. That's going to go away, right? I think so. Uh, Zia Lee... It would have been versus better Aaliyah. for them to just put that on NXT. That makes more sense. Did you see Zia Lee versus Aaliyah? I saw that on the network, yes. So this was, in my opinion, probably the I worst match think. tonight. Yeah, I know. And yes, it was the worst match that I saw. Um, Aaliyah's fine. She's with Vanessa Bourne, who's great um, as a tag team. Yeah, who is she? Vanessa Bourne? Yeah. Yeah, she's someone I've told you to go look up, and you just didn't listen to me, and now you're probably like, shit, I should listen to Matt. I probably should have listened. I don't yeah. think you emphasized enough that I, how much I would love her. Um, and if you didn't like Xylee's in-ring work, you should go check her out on Twitter. You'd appreciate her a lot more on Twitter. Let's just put it that way. You're going to have to, like, send me something to remind me because – Okay. Yeah. Leo Rush. I'm not even going to know how to spell it, so whatever. Yeah. Well, come on. You play Dynasty Warriors. You should be able to figure that out. I don't want to figure it out, Matt. Okay. It's really easy. It's uh, five letters. So, Leo Rush returns. Yeah, I saw that shit. And wins the number one contendership over a bald white guy. Looked like he hurt his knee, though. He might have. We'll see. I don't need him to be injured right now, though. I don't need him to come back and injure himself. I just need him to stay off the mic for a little while so I can enjoy him for what he does. Oh, in the I ring. want him on the mic all him. the time. If he could like get on the mic during his matches, like <laughs> I don't want to know he pisses people off. That is funny to me, but, but that motherfucking frog splash, bro. 
Mm-hmm. This is the first time like I saw like a legit Leo Rush match because I've seen him in matches like on Raw and shit, but he was basically running around the whole time trying to get away from whoever he was facing. You know, didn't right. really get much offense in. But this is when he had a real match. That motherfucking frog splash would make anyone proud. I agree with that. It was good shit. Yeah. And, and weird, like springboard stunner thing he did. Oh yeah, that was cool. I was like, like bruh. Through the ropes, sit down, yeah. bounce back. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, that was crazy. Like, yo, that's dope. People like you shouldn't be allowed to exist. <laughs> and that's the thing is they've had this talent. They've had this guy, and they didn't fucking utilize him. They instead made him Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece and had him run around and jump. And, you know, they utilized that shit, but not what that's he could probably do. Probably why really he's such an asshole backstage. So, Leo Rush, we are happy to have you back and for your performance. Get a little applause from the Smackin' Raw podcast. I didn't hear that. Oh, well, that sucks. Well, thank you. You get a little dead uh, podcast if I froze. Fuck it. I tried. You did. That's why I need a soundboard on the computer. It just interjects it right away. That's and last but not least, Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. Um, I actually didn't really get to see this whole match because I was at work and someone who knew um, that I needed to watch this on the network called me when I got home in the middle of the match and made me miss it. And then I was, I had to go to bed and I woke up and didn't get to watch the end of it. So I know what happened. I didn't get to see it. I just want to point out it was not me that called you. No, no, it was not. Not me. So. So all you out there, you know, you don't have to blame the black guy. It was not me. I know Matt Riddle uh, and Killian Dane went out back. I know that they bumped into Imperium, and I know that this turned into yeah, AJ. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You yeah, thought yeah, they were back there, and I don't know who's who in this match. It was just it was the the one with no shoes on got thrown, yeah, Matt Riddle. Yeah, got thrown onto the table that they the Imperial was like paying cards on or some shit, and so. The dude with the belt. What's the what's the one main one's name? Walter. Yeah, he got up and attacked the other dude that threw him on the table because he threw him on the table during the card game. And then, like when that happened, all of them was like ganged up on the dude. And then here came the street prophets. I'm like, oh shit, the street prophets is here. And then, like all of a sudden, just everybody was back there. I don't know. He just got crazy. Yeah. The locker room empty. There was a huge brawl. Uh, apparently, Killian Dane did a tope suicida out onto some people. Sure. Do you know what a tope suicida is? No. Suicide dive. Why don't you just say suicide dive? Because that's not how they do it in NXT. Do you not listen to Moro Ronaldo? It's a tope Who? suicida. Moro Ronaldo. Who the fuck is that? The guy that did commentating the entire show. Oh. I just he was on Raw for a little while, too. I just knew Beth Phoenix was there. Yeah. <clears throat> so are we going to do more NXT or now? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's what I'm only like watching on Hulu, though. I'm not going to the network afterwards. Understandable. And that's only going to happen, I think, until AEW die, uh, premieres. And then after that, it'll be uh, two hours on. USA in probably what an hour and a half is that what SmackDown comes down to hour yeah. and a half hour fifteen yeah 
Um, if they cut it and, down to an hour, I'd be happy, though. We'll see how long this show runs, and then after I see how long this show runs, I will reformat it and maybe just focus on the highlights of Raw SmackDown and NXT to keep us under that hour instead of running down the whole show, and I'll leave out unimportant shit. Um, but still do not good enough for Hulu because I love doing not good enough for Hulu. So we got we got to do not good enough for Hulu. That's important. All right, over on Monday Night Raw, uh, we start off with Seth Rollins coming out and basically telling us that he beat Braun Strowman and got attacked by the Fiend. In case you know you didn't watch the pay per view the night before, and then uh, Bray Bray Wyatt shows up on the screen, and I love the fact that he does all of his shit. From the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, like, it is good. All of his interactions. And he's got his wall of friendship, which is just everyone he's attacked with X's through their faces. He's hanging them on the wall. And he tells us he's going to be looking for more friends tonight. And, you know, he, he, they have their little back and forth. Seth tries to get some words in, and Bray cuts him off. And it was really enjoyable. And my favorite part about this thing was it was a thread through the whole show. Like, it didn't just stop there. Bray continued as a thread through the whole show from the beginning into the middle and all the way to the end, which made it feel like the f- show was flowing really well. There are actually two threads that intersected at the end. Yes. Yes. Um, because Braun is backstage promising someone's going to get these hands, and then we get a tag team champion summit where Rude and Ziggler ask the Revival to come out. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. Um, Everyone gets these hands, except for Bobby Rude. He somehow, after pinning Universal Champion Seth Rollins the night before, avoids Braun Strowman, and he's got a match. match later on. He was like, I ain't getting in that, you know? Yeah. Smart thing to do. uh, The Revival got taken out. Ziggler got taken out. Fucking my boy Dawson, though, like, Braun Strowman was going for that charge, and he jumped way too early and jumped like out of the way, and it made it look like Braun. Well, Braun clearly did miss him, but he still played it off like he looked like he got hit, and it was bad. It was real bad. I saw not a lot of that, but I saw more of that on NXT than I did, you know, on Raw SmackDown. But I would expect that. Another thing I wanted to point out, I forgot. What? Is you know just just things just small things during matches that you can see that people do when you know they haven't been doing it as long as the guys on the main roster, so they make not mistakes, but don't pay attention to to the, all the little tiny details. You know, small things like you know the way you respond to certain things and all that to make it feel more real. You know, okay, but, you know, I don't knock them for it. You know, because I don't expect them to be that because of who they are. You know, I'm fine with it. I was it. gonna say, I noticed. Also, not really registering things is kind of an indie thing. And you will see that in a lot of NXT matches where there are a lot of hard knees to the face and someone, instead of, like, letting it register, comes back and hits someone again right away. Yeah. And it's back and forth. They don't register, and that's more of an indie thing. And I think that's a lot of the part of the NXT feel, so I don't know if that's going to go away or improve or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because you did just kind of catch a fucking knee in the face. So you need to sell that shit on both ends. Yeah. Like, got a guy hit needs to sell the fact that he got hit in the face with a knee. And then do the knee to need to realize, like, yeah, I just hit him in the face with a fucking knee. I don't have to do it again and again and again right now. Let him feel it for a second, you know? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Did you see uh, the OC versus Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders? Negative. 
Wow, Viking Raiders back off Hulu. Wait, um, so after that match, just in case I didn't miss it happening again, you know, did the OC team up with the Viking Raiders and beat down Cedric Alexander? Because that just seems to be what's happening this week, you know? Uh, no, they didn't. And there was some really good shit in there from Renee Young, and I can't believe you missed it. Uh, it was actually a pretty cool fucking match for a six-man tag. Okay. Uh, did you see the 24-7 title stuff with Truth and Carmella? Yes, I did. Okay. So Truth and Carmella are at the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, and our truth is obsessed with the fact that the basketball on top of the building is gigantic and that the women that played with this basketball must also be gigantic. Oh, it was so great. Like, how big were they? They had to be like 80 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Great. It was great. Uh, and then comes in, as our uh, truth referred to him, uh, the president, Kane. Uh, Mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs. Mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs. Um, and they have their little banter back and forth, and Glenn Jacobs invites him into a limo, and truth goes. And you can clearly see Carmella's like, yeah, no, this ain't going to end well. But does not help her boy out, does not ride with him, does not follow him, does not, you know, keep him safe. Yeah, she man. just lets him go. She didn't got selfish, bro. Like, like, that's how he lost his fucking belt. Then we get to SmackDown, you know. She's all concerned with, you know, stopping Bailey and shit. Like, yo, what the fuck our truth going to do now? Just left your boy hanging. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so um, they end up going to some, like, Vols stadium, and that's when uh, – they're talking about like first or not first responders, but firemen and policemen and stuff like that. And a policeman comes out and he's dressed as a ref. And our truth finally realizes that, Oh shit, this guy wants my title goes to run away and runs directly into a goalpost. It's knocks padded. himself out. It's padded. It is padded. It is padded. Uh, but knocks himself out, gets padded. pinned. Glenn Jacobs, new 24 seven champion. Padded. That's worse than the schoolboy. But, uh, he loses it back to truth right as they get to the arena and it's on top of the limo <laughs> truth successfully convinces glenn jacobs that as mayor of knox county he does not have the time to be messing around with dudes trying to take the 24 7 title away from him he's got more important stuff to do yeah man his job is 24 7 as well so um it was fun shit it was good shit i'm a little disappointed carmelo just left your boy like so that I. so am i um nice to see glenn jacobs uh involved my guys ain't got no friends to keep getting left behind yeah i know it's fucked up y'all need to unite do something about that form a nation did you see uh the king of the ring finals yeah what why are you saying it like that all hail king corbin first of all Corbett is not my king. Okay. I've said this from the beginning that whoever won this tournament is not a real king of the ring. All right. If you don't win that whole tournament in one night, you're not a real king of the ring. That's how I feel. That's where it stands with me. There it is. There it go. Baron Corbin, not my king. Okay. Uh, yeah. Corbin beat Chad Gable. He is the king. Beat him clean. Yeah. And then over on make absolutely no sense. But go ahead. 
over on SmackDown, we have King Corbin's coronation. And at first I was like, man, that's fucked up. He won and they're not even going to like give him a coronation or put the robe or nothing on him. Like this is kind of weird, but they did it on SmackDown. He comes down to give him, you know, the cape and the crown and the scepter. And he's got the chair in the ring and he wants to, uh, give some shout outs. He wants to recognize some people. And the first person he wants to recognize is Chad Gable. And then this is where it all lost steam for me. Like, why are we just making short jokes about Chad Gable at this point when he made it to the King of the Ring finals? Why are we just like talking about how short Chad Gable is? Like, I'm not with that shit. Me. I'm over that shit. It's dumb. So Corbin makes all these short jokes. Uh, Gable gets pissed off, double legs him through the throne, which was cool. Broke the, broke the throne, then broke his scepter, then tore up his cape. And I was fine with all that. But you don't, man. Huh? That I wasn't, but go ahead. Why weren't you fine with that? Because in the, in the end, it all really, because he lost clean. So what this all really amounted to was him just throwing a fit because Baron Corbin was making fun of him. Whoa. Let me ask you a question, Travis. If you were a professional wrestler and you were called down to a ring by a guy that you lost to, and he just sat there and proceeded to poke at you repeatedly with jabs about your height or, you know, your race or whatever might get you going. And you've been hearing the same things for the last three weeks from all of these people. And he's just shoving it in your face. Are you just going to stand there and take it? Yeah. And not get one. You just got to eat that shit now because nah. you lost. So you proved them right. He didn't lose because of how tall he was. I well, just he lost because Baron Corbin was just bigger and better than him. Like that's what it seems like because he beat him clean. That's my point. That's what made this whole thing not make sense to me. Cause you lost clean. He didn't cheat. He just beat you. But then he rubs salt in the wounds, and I guarantee you, someone does that to you, you're gonna give him, you're you're gonna throw down. You're not just gonna sit there and take it and be like, yeah, no, you're right. I'm short and I suck, and you beat me, and now I'm just gonna. No, we just gotta have another match later on. I'm not gonna just you know throw a fit. I would. That's what twelve. I 100 would. I would. Um, but here's where I took issue. He stomped the crown. Like you can take the cape, you can take the scepter, you can even destroy the throne. But you don't stomp the crown. The disrespect for the king of the ring that was shown, not King Corbin, just in general. Not a real destroying that crown. Who cares? Destroying the crown. Yeah. The crown is tainted. I was not I was not with it. I did not like it. Um whatever. We don't have the king of the ring. So you're just you're not about Corbin Gable. Anybody, it didn't matter them. who won this fucking tournament. They could have found a, they right, like Shelton Benjamin could have won this tournament out and just been like, yeah, you're not a real king of the ring, bro. Hold on. Did you see the the gender reveal party? Oh, I did. Okay. Did you see Ray versus Cesaro? Yes. Wait. Did I, you see? Hold on. Who won that match? Rey Mysterio. Part of me feels like I saw it, but then also part of me feels like I did. No, I did not. I did not. I saw something on Instagram about it, but I didn't see that match. You're right. Okay, go ahead. Did you you see Lacey Evans versus Dana Brooke? Negative, but once again, saw something about it on Instagram. Bliss and Cross versus uh, the Boston Hug Connection. Okay. 
Uh, did you see the AOP promo? Yes. Okay. I'm doing uh, the so, cartel thing. So the Street Profits, uh, who, by the way, were dressed as band directors at the pay-per-view, uh, and I thought that was kind of funny and cute and that that's what you and Tony would look like if you guys were wrestling as a tag team. By um, the way, this thing they started doing at Clash that I'm kind of digging, completely off the subject, by the way, I'm sorry, but them lowering the lights around the arena and bringing them up in the ring when they start introducing like the competitors and shit, I like it. It's an NXT thing that I think carried over. Okay. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, even during the matches, the crowd was dark. Yeah. Yeah. And the match was lit. I'm kind of okay know. with that, but I can see why on Raw and SmackDown and like the pay-per-views, they don't do that because they want the crowd reactions to be seen and all that, which is cool. But like in the introductions, when they lower the lights around in, in the arena and do the spotlight in the ring, it's cool to see. I like it. All right. Uh, so the Street Profits are backstage to let us know that Maria Kanellis is going to have a gender reveal party tonight. And all... <laughs> Hold on. Let's let's get there. Well, I'm just talking about the whole gender reveal party thing. I'm not even talking about what happened at the party. It was the way they did the reveal. She just said it, you know. Normally at these gender reveal parties, they find some kind of fun way to do it, like a pinata or some other like thing with balloons or something like that, you know. You've seen these gender reveal party videos and shit. They didn't do any of that. Do something interesting. Okay, so while, while we're on the subject, uh, first off, my wife hated this. Kate hated this entire thing. She hates Maria Canellis. She hated the whole thing. She like, I talked to her and she had feelings about this, like oh. serious fucking what feelings. What were Kate's thoughts? Tell me Kate's thoughts. Uh, um, well, well, we'll get into that here after we talk about what actually happened. Cause it, it revolves around the whole thing. So as you said, Hey, Maria Canellis is not a fun person. I don't know if you've noticed that. So I don't see her doing things like that in a fun way because she is not a fun person. The yeah, funnest thing she she properly involved. So I thought they'd find they they'd make it fun though, you know. The funnest thing she did was tell us that Mike Canellis wasn't the baby's daddy oh. and that it was pew pew ricochet. Ricochet all over her insides, man. You were supposed to say pretty Ricky's what they call him. That's your that's your You're that right. is your job. I say pew pew ricochet, and you say pretty Rick is what they call him. There we go. Uh so Mike Canellis is pissed off and he's like, all right, fuck it. I'll go fight Ricochet, which in my opinion, not a good idea, Mike, but okay. Um, so A, Kate just absolutely hates Maria Canellis. Kate hates the way that Maria Canellis talks to Mike Canellis, and she's like, We're, you know, post Me Too movement and all this shit and, and gender equality and all this stuff, and then we've got this woman, you know, especially with like, um, you know, the uh, the lack of gender specificity, specificity. There we go, specificity. Yeah, I said it. I got that word out, um, and all that. And now we're saying that he's not man enough to be her baby daddy, and like, there was a lot that she took issue with here. I can understand that. that. When they first started doing this, I could see how some people would have a problem with that, and I hadn't heard anybody say it yet. But then you tell me that she, yeah, I can feel it. I you know, she. A lot of this just bothered her from that aspect, which I'm fine with. Like, I didn't care personally. I want the Miz TV. You are not the father segments. That's what I want. I need the Miz to come out on TV, 
do an episode of Ms. TV but and just see like Angelo Dawkins and Titus O'Neil. Every maybe week he's somebody later. else to bring out there and she says it. Yeah. <laughs> and do a DNA test and find out who's not the father and then watch them celebrate. Like, that's they what I want. And she runs to the back off. <laughs> that's what I want. Like, that's going to be fantastic. That's what I would put on TV. That's where I would go with this. So, it's anyway. One of those times where we're just like, you know, we need Russo. Because <laughs> Russo would do it. <laughs> Uh, Street Profits make some funny things about how they could have a baby on a pole match and then a Maria on a pole match. And, oh, that's how she got pregnant in the first place. <laughs> I she was like, yeah, that's how we got to the situation in the first place. And then my, then my boy Dawkins is like, man, I really thought she was going to say I was the daddy. And then, like, they kind of – he goes, you know we're on live TV, right? Like, and, dude, it was a great segment. I enjoyed that. Uh, I think that was another thing Kate wasn't a fan of. But uh, <laughs> Pew Pew Ricochet beats Mike Kanellis, of course. And then Maria insults him some more and, again, talks about how he's not a man and thought that, you know, saying that Ricochet was the baby's daddy would motivate him to sack up and be a man and defend her. And I'm like, listen, the way you treat me, why the fuck do you think I give a shit about defending you? If anything, I'm probably happy I'm not the baby's father because now I got an escape from this hellish relationship, this, you know, cuckold relationship you have roped me into that I don't want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. So then she says she that Ricochet's not the father, and we're all like, yeah, no shit. The real father is... Yeah. Rusev. And thing is, I looked at him like, oh, if they hadn't said his name was Rusev, I wouldn't have recognized him as Rusev. Because of the mustache? The mustache, he's way more trim. Like, it's just like he just didn't look like Rusev. It was just like, oh. The lack of Lana by his side, which I love that they mentioned. I love that they mentioned. I wonder what Rusev's wife Lana thinks of this. You know, like, that that was a great little aside, even though Lana didn't come out. Rusev got no reaction. Because nobody cared. (laughs) No reaction. Nobody cared. And they probably didn't know it was Rusev, like I said. Like... And to prove that nobody cared, Mike didn't even care. Mike's like, listen, I don't care if you're the baby daddy. It's cool. I don't want to fight. Like, I'm good with it. Enjoy. Fuck my wife. I don't care anymore. Please take her. Like, that's where he was at. And I thought it was funny because, like, I feel like this is very much like a cuckold relationship with Maria fucking with Mike and sleeping around behind Mike's back and telling him about it and all this shit. And then Rusev's the baby's daddy. And his tag on Twitter is Rusev Bull, even though the Bull's for Bulgaria, but it's still, he's the Bull. And that's her, yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I felt really bad for Mike, the way they just kind of treat him as Rusev kills him and the crowd doesn't give two shits that he's being murdered by Rusev or that Rusev's doing the murdering. And I feel bad that that was Rusev's return and it got no reaction. Like, he was shitty all around. I was wondering why. I'm like, where the fuck is Rusev? Like he was on, he's on a list of a lot of people. I'm just like, where the fuck did they go? Luke was, oh, like, yeah, no, I, you know, it was like, I knew Luke had some issues. I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah, I was wondering where Rusev was. Oh, no, Luke Harper has been fine for a while. And every day on Twitter, he goes and says, today's Monday. You know what that means? Dot, dot, dot. And then today's Tuesday. You know what that means? Basically saying it's another day and I'm still not on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, said, I knew he was good to go. And he just wasn't showing up. I'm saying, you know, I was just waiting on him to show up. But, like, Rusev was when I legitimately was like, 
the fuck did he go? You know? Speaking of where the fuck did they go, the AOP are coming back. Yeah, them too. Uh, apparently, apparently they're uh, former MMA fighters that no one wanted to fight because they were so badass and they're prize fighters and they're going to bring the pain and they talked in Samoan and it was a really cool segment with them sitting back. Um, nice way to highlight the AOP after, you know, kind of doing that weird Drake Maverick thing where he peed on himself and all that shit, you know, nice way to bring the AOP back um, and give them like kind of a, probably a different character. I don't know if they're still going to come out with the masks and the flak jackets and basically come out looking like they're part of the shield, but not part of the shield. Like discount shield? Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> um, interested to see them come back, though. Um, then we get uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross talking shit about the Boston Hug Connection backstage and Mandy and so Sonya. Um, this leads to Bliss and Cross losing to Bailey and Sasha. Sasha grabs a chair. Becky brings out her own. And then we get what started off as cool, but became an awkward chair duel like at first when they're doing the chair duel and like they're going back and forth and they're colliding like it, it looked all right it looked cool but then sasha dropped her chair and becky For no reason grabs For no chair. Reason. yeah i know but becky grabs the chair kind of weird and she's like swinging at sasha but it looks like she's swinging to miss sasha it was very weird yeah very very my issue was like you know they did a little swing and miss thing and Sasha just dropped the chair and it made no sense for her to drop the chair, but she dropped the chair. Well, maybe it was too, it was too heavy and all those collisions hurt her hands. No, no. it was dumb. So Bailey gets her own chair. She joins the fray and then Charlotte's music hits and Charlotte comes down and I will give her props in high ass fucking heels. She rolls her way down the rampway and delivers a hell of a big boot. Didn't miss this time. Nailed the chair. Taking out Bailey. Backs up Becky for reasons. Yeah. I don't know why. Because they it still kind of hate each other. To me, I would think she just let her get her ass whooped. Becky takes out Banks. And then uh, this is where it got good. Sasha cuts a great backstage promo, challenging Becky to a match at Hell in a Cell. Becky accepts, but she wants it in the cell. Go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead. Never what? Mind. For a second, did I, I, I didn't see that, but then I remembered I did. Okay. Um, yeah, so Becky accepts, and she accepts it inside Hell in a Cell. So now, at Hell in a Cell, are two announced matches so far. Becky versus Sasha inside Hell in a Cell for the Raw Women's title. Seth versus The Fiend inside Hell in a Cell for the Universal title. Two matches that will be great inside the cell, but don't have the proper buildup to be inside the cell. We still have a couple weeks, Travis. We can get there. Yeah, but they announced it before they really had the buildup to see the cell as being necessary. We've talked about this before. That's the problem with these having these themed pay-per-views around specific type of specialty matches where it's just like they have the matches in with the certain stipulations because that's the pay-per-view instead of that being the match that's appropriate for that stage in the feud. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we've had a couple of Firefly Funhouse segments where, like I said, you know, there's the wall of friends and he's going to go looking for more friends and Bray just kind of pops up and talks to the crowd and, you know, 
this is kind of what's going on in my life and where where things are going tonight. However, so then we get thing. Only one I saw was the one when he said he was going to go find more friends. I think there was one other one. Okay. Could be wrong. Um, but Seth beats Rude uh, in the main event. And then Rudolph attacks Seth. And then the OC joins in. And now it's a bunch of white guys beating down a white guy. Well, I, I guess technically he, he's uh, Mexican, half Mexican, because his last real name is Lopez. So I guess it is still in that vein of uh, what I you were saying. Who did you say what? His real last name is Lopez, so I guess uh, the OC. Seth Rollins. Oh, His real name is Kobe Lopez. So what I was saying was having Ziggler and Rude and the OC beat down him still kind of falls in that vein of what you've been saying with the white guys jumping not white guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then the announcers say the magic words. Who's going to save Seth Rollins? And you hear that piano. No, somebody. You hear that piano. No, but still. And the mayor, Glenn Jacobs, has taken off his suit and tie and put on his mask and tights. You said the piano. It's an organ. I got an organ. You can play. Anyway. Promise. Yeah. (laughs) Kane comes down. Starts cleaning house, doing his Kane thing. I feel bad because it's hard to watch Kane do some of the Kane things at his age because he can't quite do them. Like yeah. those choke slams were a little rough. Yeah. It's all right, though, man. It was Kane. All right. We got Kane on the show. All right. And Kane got the mandible claw. He did. He the did. Fiend showed up. He added Kane to his wall of friendship. He has now defeated. A demon, the devil's favorite demon. Who? But here's the thing: who didn't see this coming? No, we did. I mean, I didn't necessarily see Kane coming out at the end of the night, but once he did, I knew what was going to happen. Well, once I knew Kane was on the show, when I saw him, I'm like, oh yeah. When Bray's like, I'm getting another friend, find another friend. I'm like, oh, there's another legend for him to take out. It'll be Kane. You know? Okay. Is that all? Yeah, that was it. it was, okay. You know. Poor Kane, um, but he's still Kane. And then he does this creepy thing where he's just like, Seth is in the corner, and he crawls up and puts his face there. Yeah. And then yeah. we get that awesome Firefly Funhouse creepy remixed outro thing that they did. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and it was great. I enjoyed the whole segment. I had fun. I I really... Really enjoyed Raw. Yeah, it was it was it was solid, a solid show. Solid show. Now let's talk about what Travis didn't see. Not good enough for Hulu, ladies and gentlemen. The OC versus Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders. Um, I still maintain the OC needs faction music or group music instead of coming out to AJ Styles music. The OC gets the win, and after the match, there's a big brawl. Ivar the bigger of the two Viking Raiders okay. goes off the top rope and Renee Young calls it 305 live and I popped big. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> um, and then after everything's said and done, AJ and Cedric Alexander in the ring, they're brawling. Sed goes for a uh, top rope Hurricane Rana, gets caught. AJ hits the Styles Clash off the top rope. 
on Alexander. Need them to stop, you know, all this, uh, all these hate crimes on Cedric Alexander, though. I don't appreciate it. Uh, Rey Mysterio beats Cesaro. I would have preferred Rey Mysterio versus Lince Dorado or Humberto Carrillo or who? Sin Cara. You remember we talked Luchadors last week? He he fought Grand Metalik, and you were like, who? And I was like, oh, it was a Luchador. It was a Luchador-Luchador match. You're like, oh, I might need to go check that out. I know you didn't. Didn't. <laughs> you said that shit. So I was like, yeah, no, like, let's stick with Ray, you know, fighting these Luchadors and putting on a match with Luchadors and get these Luchadors over. Like, I'm cool with that. Is the other ones you just named, are they other ones in Lucha House Party? Uh, yeah, Lucha House Party consists of uh, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, and Kalisto. Okay. Berto Carrillo was yeah. the other guy in that 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship match alongside Lince Dorado on the pre-show oh, I didn't see of that. Clash of Champions. Well, you had to have seen the pre-show because you saw AJ and uh, the OC beat down Cedric, and that was on the pre-show. Was the second match on the pre-show? Well, that explains it. Uh, and then last but not least, Lacey Evans beats Dana Brooke. Yeah, she did a sharpshooter, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Now, that's disrespectful. Oh, that's the point. She's trying to disrespect Natalia. They're building a Natalia Lacey Evans feud. God knows why, but they are. And I'm, I'm well, they give them something to do. That's fine. I don't, I'm not upset about that. It's just doing the sharpshooter just feels like, you know, doesn't really disrespect Natty as much as it disrespects the rest of the hearts. Well, it's it's it you got kind of shitty, but it's true. <laughs> it's also a weird thing because you got a throwback here. Uh, you got military Charlotte beating not you Charlotte to piss off Canadian Charlotte. This is true. We also got you know Charlotte teaming with Jersey Charlotte. Uh, kind of, and we're gonna get into that. So. Over on SmackDown, uh, we start to show off with The New Day versus uh, FTRKO, which I thought was cool. Like, we start to show off with a six-man tag. Um, Kofi got his friend. Very good six-man tag, by the way. Oh, yeah, it was great. And uh, Kofi got his friends back, so good for Kofi. Like, they're there. They're showing up. They got his back again. They're not just, like, off dressing up as the Iconics. Well, they had. The Dragon Con. Uh Yeah. Or just not showing up because wherever the fuck Big E was, maybe like fucking Becky's mom or whatever he does. When That's he's probably home. what he was doing. And fucking, if that was the case, up. if that was the case, then I understand. Okay. Um, New Day wins, but that's yeah. not what's important here. Yeah, yeah. What's important is what happened after yeah. the match. Yeah. Here's the thing. You would think I wouldn't be excited about this, but I was fucking hyped when I saw this shit happen. Go ahead. Uh, there was the Beast Brock Lesnar returning to SmackDown. Yeah, well, yeah, isn't Chewbacca a beast? <laughs> it was about the beast noise I had, Travis. <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so the Beast Brock Lesnar comes down with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman does his stick. Uh, they have this awkward little thing where they're trying to get into the ring, and like Paul sees Brock getting in, so he gets in. They bump into each other. 
Brock Lesnar also has that there's something about Mary hair going on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whose jizz he got in the backstage. If he found uh, one of Maria's baby's daddies left over or tube, yeah, you know, yeah. Paul helps him out with that. I don't know where that comes from, but he definitely had that going on. Long story short, uh, Kofi sends like the Brock. Yeah, me neither. I just don't like Brock. Uh, Kofi sends the new day away, and I'm like, man. My brother, that. that's dumb. You know what Brock's gonna do. So why would you why would you send them away? Keep them in there for backup to make sure he doesn't do that. Exactly. And of course, Brock does that. Brock via Paul Heyman challenges Kofi to a match on the very first episode of SmackDown Live on Fox. I'm with it. Kofi accepts. Brock smiles, sticks his hand out to shake it. Kofi steps up. Kofi gets scooped. Kofi gets F fived. It has been a nice run for Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. He will continue. I'm going to be sad to see him lose to Brock Lesnar. Oh, he will continue. He is going to beat Brock Lesnar on that opening episode of SmackDown. It is going to happen, sir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Crowd in Atlanta, solidly behind Kofi, by the way, unlike that North Carolina crowd. wonder why. I mean, there's a lot of black people in Atlanta. Speaking of which, it's like a going joke I have with some people I know, like some not friends, but people I know, and I like I jokingly say all black people from Atlanta. Yeah, that's where they make black people. Uh, We got a Sasha and Bailey interview about Hell in a Cell and about Charlotte versus Sasha tonight. And since we're talking about Atlanta, Charlotte is introduced by Offset. Now, Travis, you know that I listen to rap and I listen to a lot of rap, but I don't listen to any new rap. I haven't listened to any new rap since like a trash maybe 2010. Who the fuck is Offset? And why the fuck couldn't they get like Ludacris or Young Jeezy or somebody from Atlanta that fucking mattered? Problem is, Offset is one of the Migos, and the Migos are popular now, and he is also married to Cardi B, so he's a big deal to the younger people. Wait, there's a rap group called the Amigos? No, the Migos, not Amigos, just the Migos. What the fuck is, like... I don't know, Matt. Like the old school action figures, Migos? I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, it's called the Migos, and he's he's married to Cardi B, so he's kind of a big deal to the young Except guys. for the fact that he did a really shitty introduction for Charlotte. Well, like, you know. That was trash. Like, well, I feel he, like you've never problem, watched right? wrestling like, before. Well, he's trash, so that's kind of what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> I wanted Young Jeezy. That's what I wanted. Or I mean, ludicrous. You wanted Jeezy. I wanted Luda. I know. I get it. T.I.? Can I get yeah. T.I.? Yeah. Any of them would have been much better. But no. And here's the thing. They had Offset in there. They had him in there without Cardi. Like, if they had him in there with Cardi B, it would have been better. Especially because there was this whole thing on Twitter a while ago where people were talking about Cardi B becoming a professional wrestler. It, it, I can't remember exactly what it was. She tweeted something out or responded to something, and Dana Brooke replied back and this whole thing. Oh, wow. Um, I do love that Little Nate is refereeing this match, and I feel like Little Nate should referee all of Charlotte's matches because he, he almost feels Charles Robinson, Little Nate. Oh, yeah. yeah, come on, Travis, you know that he almost feels like part of the Flair family at this point. <laughs> so I kind of just need him to referee all of Charlotte's all matches. matches. Yeah. He's out there. Oh, by the way, Offset's, uh, I think, wearing one of Charlotte's robes out there, which was interesting. Who's wearing one of Ric Flair's robes? 
It looked like Charlotte's robe on him. I mean, because he's so small. If you really look back, he's so big. If you really kind of just look back on Ric Flair's robes, you can see some of them were like, yeah. You sure that wasn't made for your wife? No, I'm just saying, like, Charlotte's so tall and Offset was so short that it was so big on him that it looked like it was one of Charlotte's robes, not one of Rick's. Because Rick's not a big guy. He's just he's not big compared to most of the other guys, but he's about the same size as Charlotte. Um Bailey causes the DQ in this Charlotte versus Sasha match. And then as you said, Miss Mella, for whatever reason, because she is best friends or was best friends or is very close friends. You know, it's hard to keep track because they say that Bailey and Carmella were best friends, and then Bailey and Sasha are best friends and some people like to believe you can only have one best friend. I don't believe that. I got two. Uh, three if you count my wife. And uh, I don't have any. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she comes down and she shoves Bailey off. And then she attacks Charlotte with a couple super kicks. One to the gut, one to the face. And then shoves Bailey down again. Like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And then Sasha comes back and gets super kicked again. And then they take off, and strong showing for Carmella. A lot of kicks to the face. That's one of, like, she's got that badass coat of silence. She's got super kicks, and maybe, like, three other moves they've showed us. And mic skills. But I haven't seen much else from Carmella other That's than fine. She put a mic in her hand. That's all she needs. Yeah. Uh, we covered King Corbin's coronation. <sighs> Heavy Machinery versus the B team. Like, at least it's not jobbers, technically, because they are hired by the I mean they are hired by the company, but that's, that's what the B team is there for, though. Like uh fucking Otis. They're enhanced talent is what we like to call them. They're former raw tag team champions, and that was a great time in their career. Yeah, yeah. Go. So, I miss that. Yeah. Um Heavy Machinery wins. Otis is not in his singlet. He is now wearing trunks to show off his sexy physique. Hell yeah. Uh, Rubbing the sporting shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Doing the Caterpillar. All for it. Uh, And then last but not least, Travis. They kind of talked about it throughout the whole night. But uh, Daniel Bryan comes out, and he's very sad that he lost his friend. Like, Eric Rowan did an interview earlier in the night where Cole is a clearly biased and that's not what an interviewer should be like Cole is clearly against Rowan in this interview. And I was not happy with that, but um, he's a leader, not a follower. He's Daniel Bryan's intellectual superior. He will not be disrespected anymore. You know, he's not going to let people like very strong promo backstage interview for Rowan where uh, he's like, yeah, no, Daniel thought he was using me, but I was using him. I'm smarter than him. I'm better than him physically and mentally. And Daniel comes out and he's like, dude, like, we were friends. I just, I don't care, like, that you made me a liar and all that shit. Like, it sucked, but I just want my friend back. Like, I still consider you a friend. And then Rowan comes down and says, yeah, about that. Uh, we were never friends. And fuck you. And uh, Daniel's like, fine. You know what? Do something. Do something. And then Harper attacks him from behind. Yeah, and then he does something. <laughs> well, no, Harper did something. Oh, Rowan did something, too. He just did it after Harper did something. Yeah, and then it's a two-on-one. And then uh, Daniel Bryan's a new best friend. Roman Reigns comes down to save the day. 
because now they've got each other's backs, apparently. Um, he gets taken out by the – are we still calling them the Bludgeon Brothers? Like, they're they're wearing the Bludgeon Brother pants, but now they're wearing, like, heavy metal T-shirts instead of well, the forget it looked like Harp is wearing the Bludgeon Brothers pants. It doesn't look like Rowan is, though. <coughs> by the way, did you see his pants at Clash of Champions? Who? Uh, Rowan. I don't remember anything specific about them. Uh, they look like leather, which I find interesting that he just came off this whole run with Daniel Bryan about eco-friendly vegans saving the earth, and then he went and killed a whole flock of cows to just make a pair of pants because he's a big dude. That's well, That takes a lot of cows. I mean, it'll be a herd of cows. Flock, herd, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so there's a brawl. Even security gets knocked out and slammed on the concrete. Uh, I will say Rowan is very inventive with his destruction, like, and I enjoy that. Like, he kicked down and took a piece of the barricade. Yeah, he hit it with a I, part of the barricade. And I've <laughs> never seen that before, and that was cool. Uh, Daniel Bryan goes through the table with the bludgeoning. I don't know if they're the Bludgeon Brothers or not, but uh, Rowan and Harper – even though Brock Lesnar is the one that gets the title shot, seem to be the top heels on SmackDown and closed out the show tonight. Yeah, I can see that. All three shows, Travis, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, who's going over? Leo Rush. You're going Leo Rush. I got to go Rowan. It's a solid answer. I'll give you that. Oh, I also forgot uh, there was supposed to be an Ali versus Shinsuke match. Uh that was a beat down and uh, the KO shit. I didn't talk about the KO shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, KO bought a ticket to SmackDown and then had Shane McMahon served a wrongful termination lawsuit. So Shane comes out to address the KO shit anyway, uh, brings security, has security line up around the corner, then tells KO, you know, why don't you come in the ring? Looks like you got something to say. So KO comes in. Apparently, KO was fired for insubordination, and KO lays out, you know, Shane's like, I can already tell this lawsuit's weak, blah, 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 and KO lays out all the reasons why it's not weak, um, how Shane fired KO for doing exactly what Shane did the night that Shane fired him in attacking an official because KO wasn't official uh, in that suit. It's $25 million lawsuit, and if he wins, he gets to tell Shane he's fired in the middle of the ring. Now, I don't know how that works, but uh, how do you feel about this new turn and lack of physicality in the Shane versus Kevin Owens saga? Also, Shane said while the lawsuit's going on, he's going to allow Kevin Owens to work the uh, live loop overseas. So there's that. Yeah. It is no longer interesting to me. You know, I'm, they're kind of, they're losing me. Yeah, I've. I don't know, man. I don't care anymore because it's going to lead to another match, and I don't need to see KO versus Shane again. Not yet. Not not yet. No. So, all right. You said Leo's going over. I said Rowan's going over. Who's jabbing out this week? Probably Seth after that beatdown. 
uh, that's a tough one. I mean, yes, Seth had that beat down, but uh, Kane Kane's the one that got the worst of it with the Fiend, and then Daniel Bryan getting put through the table, and then you know uh, Kofi getting F fived um, after making a dumb decision because he's stupid, stupid, stupid. Uh, I gotta say, Mike Kanellis. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Nothing is worse than having your wife humiliate you on TV and then give up and still get beat down by Rusev to no reaction. But from saying, nobody cared. <laughs> All right, Travis. Uh, yeah, this was a long one, but we yeah. covered a lot of shit. I will reformat and shrink this down, uh, make it a little better. We won't talk about like heavy machinery and shit like that next week. We'll just talk about the important shit. Get into a better format, but cover three shows. I'm glad that you are willing to watch more NXT. I think that the more you watch it, the more you're going to enjoy it. Uh, we will see. At least you got Bianca and uh, Leo and Velveteen Dream all in one show. Once again, that was a hell of a frog splash. Uh, if you got nothing else, nope. They can find you on Twitter and Instagram at Sir Cusslet, That is at S I R underscore T U S S A L O T T. Find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M A T T R I D D E R. If you are listening to the audio version on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, um, you guys can find the videos at facebook.com slash creation magazine or facebook.com slash group slash smacking it raw where I try my best to get a chat going for raw and SmackDown and now NXT every week. And there are polls and comments and news and just a bunch of fun shit there to engage in. And the guys there are great. A lot of talk, a lot of discussion. So come join us and join in the fun. Um, I got nothing else. Travis, you good? I'm great. No, we are smacking it raw. And we are that damn good. Peace.